Hello, I'm Gareth Greer. This is Sound News, broadcasting from the Old Man's Studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for week ending Saturday the 17th of October. On behalf of everyone here on the Craigavon Talking newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, A Cat is Stabbed, and from the Durgan Mail, Barris Job Fear. And now, before we come to those headlines, we're going over to Linda, who has some information for you. Hello, this is about uh, your memory stick, and it's for all our listeners. When you put your memory stick into your player, the little teeth in the memory stick match up with the ones in the player. If the little teeth in your player get damaged, you might have to replace your player. But in your wallet this week is a little thing which looks like a tail. You put it into your player and leave it there. When you get your memory stick, you attach it to the end of the tail. And once you've listened to the recording, you remove the memory stick only and return it in your wallet and you leave the little tail attached to your machine. This will help to protect your player. Players are very expensive to replace, but the little tail only costs a pound, and we have lots of them in the studio. So please now put where, get the little uh, tail into your player and put your memory stick into it to listen to the rest of the recording. Thank you. And now it's over to Kate, and she's going to bring you the headline from the Lurgan Mail. A third of people are fearful of job security over virus, says survey. One person in three here is concerned about their job security or income from paid work as a result of the pandemic, a survey has found. An additional one person in four was unsure as to how they felt regarding the issue of job security. The findings were drawn from a survey conducted by this newspaper group in an effort to better grasp how the pandemic has affected people in Northern Ireland. The Big Conversation survey looked at a range of issues including changes to personal lives, travel habits, health, employment, local life and fears as well as hopes for the post-pandemic world. The survey results come at a time when it can be revealed that more Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon residents are heading back to the workplace. New figures from Google last week suggested Last week, the government announced it would pay two-thirds of the wages of staff in businesses that are forced to close under new coronavirus restrictions. And now, from the Portadown Times, family distressed after Scoot the cat is stabbed. A mum of two has voiced her horror after her cat appeared to have been stabbed close to their Portadown home. Diane Broadway urged pet owners to beware after her beloved cat, Scoot, returned to the family's Brownstown home with a large wound on Sunday morning. 
I found him outside in a pool of his own blood, said Diane, who immediately took him to the vet. I thought he'd fallen over and been injured, but couldn't believe it when the vet said he thought the wound could have come from an air rifle or he was sliced with a knife. He had a long operation and the vet didn't find any bullets, so it looked more like a stabbing with a knife. It was quite violent and deliberate. Diane, who has two children aged 11 and 13, said they are very distressed about what happened and her neighbours are equally horrified and no one can understand how anybody could do that to an animal. Diane is concerned that her cat is not the only animal to have been attacked in the area and so is urging pet owners to be careful. The PSNI said it had received a report of cruelty to an animal in the Brownstown area of Portadown and the local neighbourhood sergeant Victor McNeil said it was reported at 9.30am on Sunday that a cat returned to its home with a large open wound in its side at the time it is believed the injuries were inflicted deliberately. And now for this week's Rotochemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses. Starting with Portadown. On Sunday the 18th of October, the chemist is Cherrymount Healthcare of 7 Church Street, open from 11am to 12 noon. Next week, from Monday the 19th of October, the chemist is Boots of West Street, open until 7pm. There is no rotochemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 18th of October. The chemist is Boots of High Street, open from 11am to 12 noon and then 7 to 8pm. Next week, from Monday the 19th of October, the chemist is McKegney of Edward Street, open until 7pm. There is no rotochemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. Call for parents to help protect youngsters. PSNI deal with passed out children in town. Police in Portadown are dealing with children who have passed out and a high volume of antisocial behaviour. The PSNI said that due to the volume of complaint of youths causing antisocial behaviour in parts of the town, they have asked parents for help. Areas such as Eden Villa Park, Shillington's, The Balm, Hoy's Meadow and The Bullring are regular hotspots. A spokesperson said we regularly patrol these areas along with our partner agencies and we speak to the young people there, advising them on the consequences of antisocial behaviour and taking action where we have to. Some young people are enjoying themselves responsibly, but unfortunately others play loud music or drink until they are intoxicated and need medical assistance. If this was simply a matter of kids being kids, or they aren't harming anyone, then we wouldn't get calls. We wouldn't receive requests to check on a passed out teenager 
from ambulance crews heading to another emergency call. We wouldn't receive calls from parents in park, play parks with young children complaining about the language, noise and behaviour of groups hanging about kids' parks. We are asking parents in our community to work with us to make us sure our community spaces are safe for everyone to enjoy and to protect our young people from making mistakes that can have far-reaching consequences. Please speak with your children about antisocial behaviour. And that's all the crime news this week. I don't think the courts have been in session in this area. So now we move on to a couple of items of council and local government news. Alliance calls for a joint approach to the proposed footbridge over the river ban. There's a call for a joint approach to a proposed footbridge over the river ban, which has been made by the Alliance Party. The ABC councillor Councillor Ian Tennyson voiced disappointment that the Department for Infrastructure doesn't have plans to build a bridge at the ban foot. He was speaking after a response from the Minister for Infrastructure to a written assembly question by his party colleague Andrew Muir, MLA. The department says the reason for no planning of this project is that the bridge has not been included in any Greenway proposals put forward by the council. However, the project must not be permitted to simply fall between two stools. I will be pushing for greater strategic joined up working between the ABC Council and the Department to deliver green infrastructure in the borough. A pedestrian bridge where the upper van meets Loch Ney would not only provide a safe, quick and picturesque crossing and enhance our local cycling network, but would also have huge symbolic significance connecting our people and rural communities along the Loch Shore. It's frustrating that despite years of dedicated campaigning from local residents over the years, we've seen so little movement. I will now be following this up with the council and request that officers engage with local communities and stakeholders on this matter. Classrooms long past their best. Three decades old mobile classrooms at Akagallon St Patrick's Primary School are in immediate need of repair. That's one Lurgan councillor's message to the Education Minister, complete with a call for urgent capital investment. Alliance's Peter Lavery is pressing for the repair or replacement of the mobiles, each more than 30 years old. They are in a very poor condition after a number of decades of wear and tear. The door of the mobile toilet, in particular, is in urgent need of replacement. I will continue to lobby so that the learning needs of the pupils attending this school are met. Schools in Focus Portadown College celebrates top performers at GCSE and there's a photograph of those who achieve 10A plus A and A plus grades at GCSE level. They are Leah Best, Daniel Brown, Ryan Brown, Adam Irwin, Holly Marshall, Anna McBurney, Charlotte Ruddock, 
Natalie Stefenska, Joe Jack Thompson and Kate Ward. Included with them is the principal of the principal Miss Gillian Gibb. And there's also uh, in the photograph Dylan Martin, Kira Whaley and Anna Haddon and the principal. And now moving on from the photographs, we're about to do the obituary notices that are in both papers this week. Jim Little leaves a lifetime of great memories for generations in the town. Jim Little has left a lifetime of memories capturing the most special moments of thousands of people in Portadown. A self-taught photographer, he gained international acclaim for his images, many of which have been used by worldwide publications. But it is for his love and devotion to his hometown of Portadown that he is most well known, having taken the wedding photos and school photos of generations. Jim was rushed into hospital on Thursday the 8th of October and died peacefully that evening with his wife Georgie at his side. He leaves two children, Lee and Marcus, with grandchildren and a myriad of memories. He was born in 1941 to Margaret and William Little in the Carlton home Portadown and was one of ten brothers and sisters. The family home was in Woodside Green and was noticeable for its beautiful competition winning rose beds which were proudly maintained by his mother. It was the quality of Jim's work and his reputation for a job well done which allowed him to start out on his own business with a studio which was one of the most successful in the country. His grandfather Tom Weir was a great influence on him from an early age as Tom was chief hybridizer for McGrady's Roses and it was through him the association and friendship with Sam McGrady came about. Jim's son Marcus said, I remember a friend of mine many years ago finding an old Portadown Times stuffed in a wall, a cavity wall of a house. The front page was McGrady's Rosefields, and knowing it would be of interest, I asked if I could show the paper to my dad. I was 10 feet up a ladder when I took that, he said. I'm pretty sure my dad could identify at, every at a glance every photo he'd ever taken. He met his wife, uh, in, and they married in St Mark's Church in Armagh in 1967. And Jim had severe injuries after a serious car accident and was in hospital for a year. But Professional Photographers Association honoured his bookings and allowed Jim's business to survive. Jim's other great passion, apart from his family and photography, was music. He was a proud member of St Mark's Silver Band for many years, which he joined with his best mate, Sam Mullen. He had a great love of classical music and travel, but loved being at home with his wife and family. While the world was moving towards a digital era, he again taught himself a new set of skills and just he was just as capable processing digital images as he was developing film in the dark room. In later life, he decided that with all the negative press Portadown was receiving at the time, he would try and present his hometown in a more positive light. And so with his newly learned computer skills, he created the Portadown Photos website uh, so that everyone could enjoy uh, looking back over the community. 
And there's another uh, funeral notice of a man who died and his body was found in Portadown last weekend. It was discovered at Garvaki Park in the early hours of Saturday morning. He's been named locally as Dennis Berry from Garvaki Park and Requiem Mass took place for him on Tuesday. Mr Berry was the son of the late Stephen and Annie and brother of Anne, Gwen, Jacqueline, Sharon, Jean and the late Stephen and Rachel. And now another obituary. Mr Herbie Smyton was one of life's gentlemen. Herbie Smyton, a highly respected and well-known member of Portadown Society for generations, has died, leaving a huge legacy in his wake. He died peacefully, aged 70, at his home in Magretta Park, surrounded by his loving family on September the 13th. Herbie was born on January the 9th, 1950, to Thomas and Margaret Smyton, who lived in the Clocher Valley area. With the younger sister Florence, the family lived in the Clocher area up until Herbie was around five years old, when they moved to Bleary due to his dad's work. Herbie attended Bleary Primary School and Lurgan Boys Junior High School. He attended Knocknamuckley Boys Brigade and was a regular attender of Sunday School at Knocknamuckley Parish Church. He met his wife Evelyn Carson in 1969 while she was training to be a nurse at the former Lurgan and Portadown Hospital. They married in 1972 in Mullock Dunn Parish Church, Fermanagh. This year 2020 marked 48 years of marriage, during which time they were blessed with a daughter Lynette and a son Richard, and later a daughter-in-law Elaine and six very much loved grandchildren, Adam, Alexandria, Matthew, Joe, Aaron and Harry. Herbie's working life was a busy one. He held various jobs before starting a financial career with the Provident. After completing financial exams, he moved to work with United Dominions Trust. Herbie progressed in his career from salesman right through to management level before moving to work in CE Capital Woodchester Finance. He moved to self-employment as a financial broker for around 10 years before he retired. During his retirement, Herbie enjoyed his Friday Culture Club, in which he visited many art galleries with his great group of friends. He was also a director in Craigavon Industrial Development Organisation and thoroughly enjoyed his role there. Herbie was also an enthusiastic member of the Portadown Northern Ireland Supporters Club for over three decades, attending many a match, both at home and away. Indeed, another great friendship with Billy Hughes developed through this uh, club. Herbie's funeral at Seco Parish Church was conducted by the Reverend Terrace Cadden, assisted by the Reverend Stuart Moles. And now for some more deaths. Heartland, Dorothy Joan, October the 12th, 2020, peacefully care at care of the staff of Banville, Banview House, care home, late of Portick Place, Lurgan, beloved wife of the late Albert Bertie, 
loving mother of Philip, Kenneth and Denise. And another one, Hobson, Hazel, Hazel, October the 8th, 2020, peacefully at hospital, late of Union Street, Lurgan. Dearly loved wife of the late Robert, beloved mother of Douglas and the late Carol, devoted nanny of Caroline. And some more, um, asking the 14th of October this year, peacefully in Craigavon Area Hospital, late of Dorchester Park, Portadown, Thomas John, Tommy, beloved and devoted husband of May, dearest father of Jeff and father-in-law of Sarah and a much-loved granda of Sam and Charlie. House and funeral strictly private due to the current circumstances. Donations in lieu of flowers if desired for the benefit of Craigavon Cardiac Care, Care of Milne Funeral Services, 59 Seagull Road, Portadown, BT 635 HS. Um, 9th of October, peacefully in his home, Queen's Gardens, Portadown, William Victor, beloved father of Ingrid, Michelle and David, dearest brother of Shirley, Millie and, in the, and the late Sylvia, Brother-in-law Roy and the late John and Leslie, also a dear uncle and grandfather. A funeral service was taken place with committal in Seagull Parish Church Graveyard. Donations, if desired, for the benefit of Mary Curie, care of Milne Funeral Services, 59 Seagull Road, Portadown, BT 63. VHS and another one Hewitt 12th of October peacefully in the Ulster Hospital late of Bethlehem Road Portadown Jim Dixie loving brother of George brother-in-law of Barbara and a devoted uncle of Leslie and Simon and their families in Dundee Um. And Robinson, the 13th of October, peacefully surrounded by her loving family in her own home, <coughs> Seagull Park, Portadown, Rosemary Joan, loving mother of Wesley and Amy, dearest sister of Trevor, Elizabeth, Charlotte, David, Helene, Anne and the late Alan, Sister-in-law of Caroline, David, Jimmy, Ruby and Jeremy. Cherished daughter of the late Sydney and Lottie. After a treasure, also a treasured aunt and great aunt. House and funerals uh, due to current circumstances are private. Donations in lieu of flowers if desired. To go to Vinnie Cash and New Mills Sunday Schools, checks made out to Milne Funeral Services. Um, and the last one, Whitehead, 
Elner Nee Harrison, died on the 1st of October peacefully at her home in Dorset after a long illness, so courageously born, sadly missed by the Harrison family circle in Portadown, London, Newcastle and Wales. And now we move on to the ads for this week and uh, the big page of ads for House Proud Furniture, Unit B3, McGowan West. It is a special three-day uh, furniture event for immediate clearance at the Portadown store. It begins on Friday the 16th and continues Saturday 10 to 6 and Sunday the 18th from 1 to 6. And there's nearly a million pounds of furniture for immediate clearance. Sofas, tables and chairs, wardrobes, uh, easy chairs, recliners, sideboards, bed frames, mattresses, etc. And everything must be sold out as soon as possible to clear excess stock from uh, many of their uh, outlets. For example, a Parker three-seater sofa and two recliner armchairs in quality leather was over £2,400 and now is £1,299. Uh, a Maximus medium buffet with three drawers and two doors, washed grey paint finish, rustic, rustic oak top was £799, now £349. And a circular dining table with a glass top and four dining chairs upholstered in assorted colours was over £400 and is now £199. So there's two more days of the sale left on Saturday and Sunday and hopefully you'll get sorted out there. Max Wells of 87 Union Street, Lurgan. To help parents out over these hard times, special prices on primary school were. Our opening times are odd, but our prices are right. Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, 10am to 4pm. Closed for lunch, 1 to 2pm. And Saturday opening hours are 10am to 1pm. Now for those uh, offers to help parents out. Lurgan model primary school sweatshirts, sizes 22 to 30, 995. Sizes 32 to 34, 1025. Tully Galley Primary Sweatshirts, sizes 24 to 30, 995. Sizes 32 to 34, 1025. Then Tops Gin Store Tight Jeans Slight Seconds, 8.95 and 9.95. And there's much more at Maxwell's up Union Street, Lurgan. The next um, advert is for SD Kells Market Street Lurgan, who have a, a sale of mattresses from £129. If you order now, you're guaranteed delivery for Christmas. They have Hypnos, Sweet Dreams, Sealy, Rely On, and Silent Night. And another um, clearance, warehouse clearance, 
is uh, Houston's in 18 Market Street, Portadown. 250,000 must be cleared. Discount of up to 70%. Bed linen and cook shop. And ladies' fashions and accessories. And now for uh, just one item of information and one event to come. In Craigavon Area Hospital, the temporary emergency department is set to close. The temporary emergency department at Craigavon Area Hospital is to shut this Sunday the 18th, the Southern Health Trust has revealed. It was opened in March to deal with non-respiratory emergency cases during the COVID-19 pandemic and it's based at the Ramon building. The non-respiratory emergency department at the Ramon building closes at 4 p.m. on October the 18th. All adults coming to the site for emergency care should go to the main emergency department and children should be brought to pediatric emergency department beside maternity. Dr. Gareth Hampton said, we appeal for public understanding of the extra demands on our staff. It's absolutely vital that those who need emergency care most are prioritised. Thomas Street Methodist Anniversary Thomas Street Methodist Church marks a special anniversary next week. The church will celebrate 160 years in the current building at an anniversary service at 11.30am next Sunday, October the 25th. The speaker will be Mrs Hazel Loney, lay leader of the Methodist Church in Ireland. All are welcome at this service, with COVID-19 and social distancing restrictions will be in place at the church. Back in the... Now for sport. Now to sport. Back in the big time. Matthew Tipton will walk out tomorrow, Saturday. Evening for the first time as Portadown manager in the Danske Bank Premiership. However, the ambitious boss considers the landmark just another stepping stone within the progress plan club plans for progress. The club 2017 relegation at a time of financial concerns, a disjointed squad and demoralised fan base left subsequent promotion out of the championship, crucial to the rebuilding efforts of those connected to the Shamrock Park outfit. But Tipton rejected the idea of that championship success as any singular achievement within his overall ambition. Instead, Promotion is viewed as a necessary way to close out one chapter and move forward towards the start of Portadown Premiership's future. It is a forward step he will take this weekend with a mid-Ulster derby away to Glenavon in a fixture which only fuels the intrigue as to how Portadown can adapt to life back on the grand stage. I'm buzzing and the reason I joined Portadown was with the objective of leading the club at the top level, said Tipton. 
a former port striker and he's pictured here with Luke Wilson and last season's con- con- championship league trophy. I'm always proud to represent Portadown as manager and part of the attraction was to join a club that had been long-term vision, that has long-term vision. To get out of the championship was quite simply a must for the future of the club and that became clear, a clear goal coming into last season. But now we are back at senior level. It's not about setting targets, but instead working as part of an overall plan. There was external external pressure on Portadown as a championship club to win every game. But now many outside observers look on, on us as the relegation candidates. My approach and that of the players remains the same from last season to this. We have a winning mentality that drives our work and how we approach everything. We did not opt for wholesale changes to the squad after promotion because I believe in this, in these players and the sub- signings made. There was no, no excuse about a shortage of Premiership experience. We have players here that want to win the same mentality that drives me. We want to embrace the challenges ahead as ultimately striving to compete with those at the top level and the tests that come with, with that should be everyone's goal. Ports fans will not have access to Mournview Park tickets due to the corona restrictions but can view the game online as part of the BBC Sports Northern Ireland streaming service. Visit the BBC Sport NI website or access the BBC One iPlayer. And now for a note about horse jumping. There are upcoming equestrian competitions at Laurel View Equestrian Centre. Now, I'm not sure if the first one, which is supposed to be on Sunday, the 25th of October, will take place, but the Winter Dressage League uh, full schedule is available on the website, and it goes right from Sunday, the 25th of October, through November, December, January, February and March. And you can contact them on www.laurelview.co.uk. But there's four lovely photos of uh, taken in sunnier days, I think, of uh, Faith Black riding Star Choice jumping clear a 60 centimetre fence, uh, Adrian Sherry riding Sophie clear in an 80 centimetre fence, Alex Cleland riding Refa Smash clear in 1.2 metres fence and Lisa O'Donnell riding Leo clear in the 1 metre fence. The lowdown on Slovakia ahead of Belfast High. Northern Ireland's dramatic penalty shootout victory over Bosnia and Herzegovina sets up a Euro 2020 qualifying playoff final against Slovakia 
in Belfast next month. Slovakia came through a shootout of their own, beating the Republic of Ireland on spot kicks after a goalless draw in Bratislava on Thursday night. Thursday's penalty shootout victory over the Republic of Ireland was notable in that, for 120 minutes, Slovakia managed not to concede. FIFA's world rankings currently shows Slovakia two places above Northern Ireland, in 36th place. Both sides struggled in their First Nations League campaign, but Slovakia did at least claim one victory, while Northern Ireland lost all four. Both sides were only spurred relegation to League C when the competition was reformatted. Last month, Slovakia started the New Nations League campaign with a three-win home defeat to the Czech Republic and a 1-1 draw in Israel. Tickets in demand. Fans are now hoping for more seats for Windsor Showdown. Fans are now hoping Windsor Park may be able to accommodate more than 600 supporters for Northern Ireland's European Championships playoff against Slovakia on November the 12th. That's the number of fans who will be allowed to attend tomorrow's Nations League game against Austria at the National Stadium. The IFA were not available to provide guidance yesterday on whether or not the same number of fans or more may be able to attend the crunch game in November. Carrick MLA David Hilditch, who travels to Northern Ireland's games home and away, said, I have four tickets in my block booking. We didn't get any for this weekend's match at home to Australia, to Austria, so I will have all... So I was hoping that this might be a good sign that if there is another pick for the final, I might be in with a better chance. I'm wondering, I'm wondering by the time the final comes round if there will be a larger number of people able to attend anyway, fingers crossed. He added there was a bit of atmosphere at the Bosnia match on Thursday, especially from the fans behind the goal. It was not like the Premier League matches, which are very difficult to watch because of the lack of atmosphere. I have live football, I like live football myself rather than TV. I remember somebody asking me one night why I was watching Carrick Rangers reserves against Portadown reserves on a wet and windy night when there was a championship league match on TV. I prefer live football. You can't beat it. And another item on the same uh, Northern Ireland match, delight for Davis on his landmark night. Stephen Davis could finally enjoy his achievement in breaking Northern Ireland's Caps record after his landmark night ended in a crucial victory over Bosnia and Herzegovina in a Euro 2020 qualifying playoff semi-final. 
it was perhaps fitting that Dave's 120th appearance went to 120 minutes before Northern Ireland triumphed in their first ever penalty shootout. It was a vital match on David's big, Davis's big night, with the importance of the fixture meaning the 35-year-old Rangers midfielder had spent little time dwelling on his achievement of surpassing Pat Jennings on the appearances list. It's incredible, Davis uh, said of his win. It's a huge personal achievement for me and I can enjoy it a bit now. I've had so many messages, now I can look back on the night I managed to break the record with fond memories. O'Neill net double, but Finland finish out in front. Northern Ireland lost 3-2 to Finland on Friday night in the European Under-21 Championship qualifier in Ballymena, despite twice being ahead through goals from Paul O'Neill. With progress to next summer's tournament already beyond them, caretaker manager Andy Crosby's side were playing for pride and a potential third-place finish in their group. However, a fourth defeat in eight matches makes that prospect now remote, with Northern Ireland fifth in Group 8 behind Ukraine, whom they take on in their final two games, and Finland, who face group leaders Denmark, and bottom side Malta, who have just one point from seven matches. O'Neill got them off to a good start, sliding in at the far post to convert Nathan Kerr's teasing low cross only for Tima Slatskiski to equalise a minute before the interval. Glenavon striker O'Neill put the hosts ahead again with a clever touch to divert home left-back Daniel Amos' 59th minute cross. But two goals in seven minutes from Mayakil Slavasai and a half-time substitute Nathan Skatiri inflicted another defeat. Elite levels, <coughs> excuse me, elite level sport to continue, says Northern Ireland executive. Elite level sport in Northern Ireland is set to continue despite the latest raft of restrictions from the Northern Ireland Executive in a bid to stem cases of COVID-19, writes Stephen Crawford. From today, Friday, no indoor sport or organised contact sport involving mixed or households will take place. However, Irish Premiership football goal games in inter-county GAA and our Ulster rugby games can proceed. The new restrictions prevent mass events involving more than 15 people. This is except for outdoor, for allow, in allowed outdoor sporting events where the relevant number for that will apply, continue to apply. This is good news for local football fans with the Danske Bank Premiership due to kick off tonight when Coleraine host Ballymena United in the first game of the new senior Irish league season. Following the announcement uh, to the bandsiders, we're able to, to proceed with plans to accommodate 450 home fans at the showgrounds. 
We would like to thank all our fans who attended recent games and has demonstrated we can host games with fans in attendance in a responsible manner, a club spokesman said. The scheduled start of the Championship and Premier Intermediate Leagues involving Lurgall and Anarch United will have to be put back. And Women Premiership could also be halted mid-season as it is understood not to come under the umbrella of elite sport. We are actively seeking more detail and clarification to understand fully what this means for football in Northern Ireland at all levels, an, an Irish FA statement said. And we continue with comments on football, uh, this time on this season's League Cup and the Northern Ireland Football League. It'll be January before any decision is made as whether or not this season's League Cup will be played. The Northern Ireland Football League confirmed the decision with the new season set to begin next weekend. But with limited midweek availability for games due to the delayed start to the season, the Northern Ireland Football League said it will prioritise the league in the hope of completing a full 38-game season by the 22nd of May. A final decision on the running of the competition, though, will be made later in the new year. Uh, a spokesperson managing director, Andrew Johnson, said, If we are to play the League Cup, we want to play it to its fullest potential. We don't want a competition that we're trying to shoehorn into various dates. We will let the league season get up and running and we will defer the decision on the other competitions. The majority of the Premiership clubs wanted to play 38 games. October the 17th represented the last date where it would be possible to fit in those 38 games. That's this Saturday. There isn't a lot of wriggle room, he said. We will just have to be very efficient in getting the games played and not let any available dates pass. At the ports, we have had to regroup and rebuild from some massive blows. We come back a very different club. Trevor Williamson's vantage point as past player and current coach has stood witness to both the greatest moments and darkest days in Portadine history. Now in the aftermath of financial problems, points deductions and relegation that put the very existence of his hometown club at risk, Williamson views future challenges with a sense of excitement. With the return to the Irish League's top table now a reality, after three years of casting an envious eye on a rapidly changing senior landscape, he draws parallels between the squad shaped by current manager Matthew Tipton and those of Ronnie McFall, the man Williamson counts as the greatest. I certainly see similarities between those early days under Ronnie and how Matthew has done things since he came back as manager, said Williamson. They both share that drive with a clear plan and professional approach across all aspects. Those brilliant teams assembled by Ronnie had to be built first, and Matthew is doing it the same way. People think of Ronnie as a big spending manager, but when he first arrived it was about building up the club under a limited budget, 
and investing in youth was a massive part of his plans. This squad has overall grown together and arrives back in the top flight with the benefit of the past few years' experiences. Um, at the ports, we have had to regroup and rebuild from some massive blows. We come back a very different club. And now we come to the general news this week. And our first item is the results of the Big Conversation survey, which was the headline in the Lurgan Mail. And this is the information that they gave. It's all about the ba uh, back to the workplace. The survey results came uh, for, uh, um, for Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon residents. And the figures suggest 34% of people said they were concerned or very concerned about their job and security of income. 46% of people said they were concerned or very concerned about their personal and household finances. And 34% of people said they are not currently in paid work. Uh, so uh, comments on this, these results from uh, the organisation's chief economist says, while the pandemic has seen businesses from across the spectrum shift to home working, the office still has its charms. It can help foster team spirit, provide more uh, informal development opportunities, um, and can simply be a better working environment for many. As a result, some companies have invested significantly in ensuring their workplaces are COVID safe. Adam Marshall, Director General of the British Chamber of Commerce said, firms will continue to rely on discussions with their workplace and employees to decide how and when to return to work safely. Government guidance on day-to-day -day working must be crystal clear in order to support business and consumer confidence at a delicate moment for the economy. Business communities need consistent communication and strong forward guidance to plan effectively and to keep trading. British Empire Medal for a Community Stalwart Betty. A stalwart of Market Hill Festival has received a British Empire Medal in the Queen's Birthday Honours. Mrs Sarah Elizabeth Betty Stewart was honoured for her services to the community in Market Hill and Mount Norris. Mrs Stewart, who will celebrate her 78th birthday on Saturday, has played a very active role in the festival for 44 years and was appointed treasurer 25 years ago. She has also been an active member of the John Hunter Accordion Band in Mount Norris, which was founded by her father. She and her husband Jim are well-known figures in the Market Hill area and ran the local filling station for 25 years before retiring. They have five daughters, but tragically lost, they lost their two sons, Neil and Hard, in separate road accidents. All of them gave us their full support at all times, said Betty. Psychologist sings for elderly. Portadown-based psychologist Arthur Cassidy is taking part in a project called The Smiling Sessions this week. This project brings health and happiness to the elderly in London's 
through the power of music. Dr. Cassidy will perform Edelweiss on the recording. Many celebrities have taken part, such as Daniel O'Donnell and Brian McFadden. A bar manager warns many in hospitality sector may not survive as the new lockdown is devastating. Uh, the manager of a local bar, Willard D. Barber, manager of McConville's Bar, Portadown, warned many in the hospitality sector may not survive the second lockdown. He was commenting as news of new restrictions were announced. He also owns a hair salon in Market Hill, and that close contact service also has to close for four weeks. He said businesses had invested thousands during the previous lockdown in order to be safe when they reopened. I have 40 members of staff and none of them have contracted COVID-19 since we reopened. There has not been a case traced to our pub or the salon. Where is the evidence that this surge in cases can be traced back to the hospitality sector? Mr Barber asked. We are going to see a lot of hospitality businesses not returning from a second lockdown. They are already running at a loss and just keeping their heads above water. He also complained about the lack of de detailed information from the executive after the latest announcement. Adrian Farrell, president of Portadown Chamber of Commerce, said he was extremely concerned about the impact of this second lockdown on the high street. This will impact on other services, e.g. taxis. The hospitality sector is inextricably linked to the high street and it will mean less footfall. He called for an urgent financial package. Something needs to be done to keep the hospitality sector on life support. It has to be significant, not just a sticking plaster. And news of another award. Award comes just five days from Sun's anniversary. The announcement of a British Empire Medal for Greer Marshall in the Queen's Birthdays Honours was a bittersweet moment as it came just days before he marks the 31st anniversary of the murder of his son Michael by the IRA. Greer from Market Hill has been a long-standing member of the RUC George Cross Parents Association which provides support for the parents and families of RUC officers killed in the line of duty. He was named in the birthday's honours for his tireless work with the association. Greer, aged 81, or as he described himself, a 38 model, has been chairman of the association for the past six years, with his wife Pearl serving as treasurer. Commenting on his award, Greer said, I'm delighted as through this honour, the Parents Association has been recognised. It was formed in 2003 by former Chief Constable Ronnie Flanagan and is funded by the Northern Ireland Police Fund. Greer has held office in the association for what he described as a good number of years and he has worked tirelessly to honour and represent the association. He is also a member of County Armagh George Cross Association and takes great pride in marching on Remembrance Sunday to the Cenotaph in London to remember members and colleagues murdered by terrorists. Of the work of the Parents Association, 
He said in happier times they held regular meetings and get-togethers, supporting parents and family members of murdered RUC officers. His son Michael died in an IRA attack at Bullix, County Armagh, on October the 20th, 1989. He was just 25 years old. He left behind his grieving parents, his wife and young daughter. He had been married for just five years. Greer himself had spent 18 years working in industry, 28 years in the civil service at training centres in Enniskillen, Newry, Belfast and Londonderry and closed his career in Craigavon at 27 months at B&Q. He also served with the RUC Reserve and the UDR. He still keeps busy and is a lunchtime supervisor at Market Hill High School. Car parking bedlam at Gosford Park. There's been a call for Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council to address problems with cars parked outside Gosford Forest Park. Speaking at a meeting of Council's Leisure and Community Services Committee, Ulster Unionist Group leader, leader Alderman Jim Spears praised Council's work at Gosford Park but said the parking problem must be addressed quickly. Alderman Spears said that there is a great success rate, success rate in many respects for all to see at Gosford, but there is also a side story to a success story. On Saturday, October the 10th morning, I got a call to say that people had parked at the gateway to Gosford Park disregarding the, the traffic signs. I drove into the park and found there was sufficient parking space though I found it difficult to emerge back onto the road with a clear view. He then described the scene on Sunday, October the 11th, as people flocked into Gosford in their droves as Bedlam. There were 39 cars parked at the crossroads. There were even cars parked on the main road in Market Hill. Cars were everywhere, literally down the hard shoulder on both sides. People were forced to walk on the road because of the amount of cars about. I again went to Gosford, but to my surprise, there was an amazing amount of cars parked in there too. Gosford has been transformed by the efforts of this council, but there is no doubt about it, it can clearly there is more to do. Alderman Spears said the parking problem at Gosford needed to be revisited now and called for a report to be made, brought back to its members. We don't want to see um, beyond anyone being killed or injured in this location. I don't know what you might have had for your breakfast this morning, but uh, Susie Lee gets inspired by home flavours for World Porridge Day. To mark World Porridge Day, Saturday the 17th, Best Home Cook winner Susie Lee joined forces with Ireland's largest oat miller, locally based White's Oats, to celebrate the nutritious and versatile nature of oats 
produced in County Armagh. The coronavirus pandemic has inspired a change to people's breakfast habits. Consumers now have time to enjoy a slower breakfast, which has resulted in more people opting for porridge. Susie Lee has developed a series of bespoke recipes for White's Oats and said, I am delighted to be working with White's to celebrate World Porridge Day as I'm passionate about showcasing local brands and producers to highlight the homegrown products that are from here. I get a great feeling in the kitchen when I can cook with local ingredients. Porridge is something that I've grown up with as my mum was a porridge enthusiast and had her own recipe for extra creamy porridge, which she picked up in Hong Kong. It really sets me up for the day. I've been working on a few recipes for World Porridge Day and it has been great to develop not only a porridge recipe, but something a little different to showcase the versatility of oats. OBE for dentist Dr. McGuire. Portadine dentist Dr. Derek McGuire has been appointed an officer of the Order of British Empire in the Queen's Birthdays Honours List for services to dentistry and the COVID-19 response. I didn't see this award coming at all, said the 56-year-old father of four and husband of Muriel. I was surprised, very honoured and humbled, said the Dungannon-born dentist. I am very proud of all my team, both here in Portadown and at each of my other sites. They have tirelessly stepped up to support our patients and each other, during the pandemic and continued to do so. He recalls 1989, the year he got married, turned 25 and brought the, bought the practice in Bridge Street, Portadown. It has been a privilege to have been a service of service to the many patients who have crossed my door. The practice now includes 11 surgeries, providing for almost 20,000 patients at that site alone. Dr. McGuire has been at the forefront in helping navigate through the COVID-19 pandemic, which has significant, significantly, significantly impacted dental practices. We had no script on how to deal with it, and it took a monumental effort to the, by the entire dental community to find a way to look after patients while protecting colleagues. Over a period of little over a week at the end of March, with support from colleagues in the community dental service, we established five urgent dental care centres on trust sites and set up a triage system through Dalry Adder Urgent Care to ensure that patients were seen in a timely manner. In my 33 years in dentistry, this collaboration between general dental services and the community dental service has been one of the most outstanding achievements. Without doubt, it is one of the finest examples of how dentistry can work to retreat to treat all sections of sectors of the population, whilst ensuring staff safety. I am extremely proud to have played a small part in it. There is much work to be done, as the pandemic is far from over, but I am confident the profession will use their resourcefulness. And now for a local taste. Local butchers have gained a reputation for making a great variety of tasty sausages. One of my favourite 
favourite weeks in the food calendar. National Sausage Week has just been another casualty of COVID-19 this year. But that doesn't mean we can't celebrate through magnificent food, though. Sausages come from the French word saucisse and from the Latin word salsus, meaning salted. Sausages are the produce of efficient butchery. Once the prime cuts were used, the trimmings were salted and preserved in a skin made from animal intestines. While many countries in Europe cure sausages, the British variation is always free, fresh and gleaming, depending, demanding to be eaten at once. During World War I, when meat was scarce, butchers added water to sausages to eat them out. This caused them to explode, and hence the nickname Bangers was born. Thankfully, there has been a sausage renaissance. Butchers in Northern Ireland have a fine reputation for many great varieties of this treat. When you fry the sausages, make a virtue out of the fat and add some onions. Cook until golden and soft and make into a gravy or serve with hot mustard. Communities are encouraged to apply for funding for local projects. If you have an idea that you feel would have a positive impact on your community, and if you think it could be turned into a project and brought to life, then the Take 500 Participatory Budget Fund, led by the ABC Craigavon Community Planning Partnership, could help that happen. Communities can apply for up to £500 for a project that they think will benefit their area and it will be the local residents who decide which project should go ahead. Ideas must be based around the Take 5 Ways of Wellbeing, five simple steps to help maintain and improve your wellbeing on a daily basis. They are to connect with people around you, be active in some way each day, take notice of the world around you and how you're feeling, keep learning by trying something new and give by doing something nice for someone else. There must be a minimum of three people in the group and each group can only propose one idea. Children and young people aged eight and above can also form a group and apply for funding. You need to fill out an application form and if you meet the simple criteria you will then move on to the next round where you will have to submit a short video to showcase your project bid. The video will be hosted online and you'll have the opportunity to get your community behind you and vote for your project. The projects with the most public votes will then be awarded £500 to make their initiative happen. The Lord Mayor of the ABC Council, uh, Kevin Savage, said, I know many people within our communities have brilliant ideas that will have a positive impact on their area. And this initiative allows them the possibility of bringing these ideas to life. If you're interested, you can get details at www.armabandbridgecraigavon.gov.uk forward slash take with capital letters, 500. 
and uh, there will be a, a Zoom information session. Uh, the next one is on October the 20th at 7.30pm. So get your ideas going. Fascinating fiction that draws from authors, family and Ireland's history. It's some, in some cultures, a smile may be disarming. In Ulster, a nod will do just as well. In fact, far better. You nod an acknowledgement, respect or agreement. A smile may be seen as weak, devious or ridiculing. These are the words of someone who has personally experienced the colourful complications, some would call them contradictions, of living in Northern Ireland. The short but characteristically perceptive observation is from the opening chapter of Blackwater Town, a recently published book by Paul Waters, a former BBC radio and TV journalist who was born, brought up and worked in Belfast. He currently lives in Buckinghamshire. Blackwater Town is described as a fascinating story with intricate twists and turns, extremely intriguing, by Frederick Versailles, columnist, journalist and best-selling author of The Day of the Jackal, etc. Blackwater Town is fiction, he admits, but it draws on murky episodes from Ireland's past and my own family history. I grew up and worked as a journalist in Belfast during the Troubles and later in Dublin. Like many families, my own has been caught up in the run of history, politics and violence since before the creation of the border. The main character in the book is the demoted police sergeant Jolly Mackin, Jolly Mackin who hated the name he'd been given describing it as a verbal albatross that had been hung round his neck. The story is set in the 1950s, based on events that have been recorded by history and some true stories that have not, says the author, adding, but it's just a story. The names have been changed to protect the guilty. Coincidentally, Paul's great-uncle was RUC District Inspector Michael Murphy, a former Irish Guard and World One veteran. Michael Murphy, OBE, KDM, MM, later led the Northern Ireland contingent at the King's funeral in London. But back to water, Blackwater Town, where Police Sergeant Mackin finds it hard to tell friend from enemy. When he's banished to the quiet Irish border village, Mackin vows to find, vows to find out who killed the man he's replacing, even it turned out to be an another officer. When Blackwater Town explodes into violence, who can Mackin trust? The action happens during a little-known insurgency in the 1950s. The intertwining of fact and fiction is based on murky episodes from Ireland's past and Paul's own family history, and is perhaps a reminder, says Paul, of how complacency during peacetime can foreshadow future eruptions of violence. Full details on the book and author can be found at www.paulwatersauthor.com And this is just a little reminder about the announcement you had at the start. Make sure that you... Um, 
put the little thing which looks like a tail that's in your wallet into your machine and you leave it there and you put your memory stick into it and you remove the memory stick um, only and leave the tail in your machine to help protect your player. And now it's back to Gareth who's going to tell us, uh, give us the closing remarks and it's good to be with you again and hopefully we will uh, continue if we can. And now for the closing remarks. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Linda Francis and Paul Taggart. Our technician was David Bennett. And reading with me this week were Linda Francis and Kate Spence. From the newsroom at the Old Manse, this is Gareth Greer signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team hope to be back with you again in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet. Sound News is a Craig Avon Talking Newspaper production. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.